Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sim Sundays podcast. This week the episode is brought to you from Cologne, Germany, where me and Camille, Gridfinder's senior software engineer, we head to Gamescom and we checked out what sim racing was on offer at the Gamescom. Never been before. Camille's never been before. We we're both really, really looking forward to it. Obviously, Forza was the, the, the headline uh, in the lineup in terms of uh, sim racing. But as it turns out, there was a lot, a lot of sim racing at Gamescom this year. Um, so really, really enjoyed this episode. It's about quarter to midnight of the night of Gamescom right now where I'm recording this uh, little intro. And I've just about got rid of all of the background noise from the 300,000 people that were at uh, Gamescom um, and in the background of this episode. Uh, so I hope it's turned out. Okay, and as always, this episode is sponsored by Assetek Sim Sports, our lovely, lovely sponsors. Enjoy. All right, so here we are in Cologne for Gamescom 2023, and I'm here with Camille. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm uh, a little bit tired. Yeah. It's been a long day. It has. But you've been looking forward to Gamescom for years, I right? Have, yes. First one? Yeah. It's really good it was a lot bigger than i thought it was going to be even though i already thought it was going to be big anyway uh and there were like what 11 holes total or something oh, and then like eight in use today it's, oh. it's it's actually really difficult to like explain the scale of this because obviously we've only been to expo before like sim racing expo and it was two halls fairly big but the biggest like the, the, the standard hall here is like the size of both of those combined yeah. and there's like eight in use and they are enormous and before we came here you were telling me Tom Gamescom's a big deal and I was just like yeah, yeah I'm sure it's gonna be like a, it's gonna be a sim racing expo and a half maybe even two sim racing expos yeah. at a stretch but this is this is just on another level so to give you an idea if you've never been to Gamescom it's like if you've ever been to the NEC in Birmingham and you walk in you see this huge huge expo halls it's like that but they're just stacked one after the other with these huge kind of like thoroughfares down the middle that link them all and in these thoroughfares, it's like, you know, 25, 30 meters across. And, you know, th th those corridors are like, what, 200 meters long? Yeah. And there isn't an inch of space as people are just filing in between yeah. all the halls. There's 300,000 people at this event all here to check out games. Yeah, and we were only here for one day and we didn't manage <laughs> to check anything out. We played like three games yeah. and, uh, it's um yeah it's been it's been a lot more intense than I thought I think you know again not to you know not to uh, kick off at sim racing but we love sim racing so <laughs> we're looking forward to going again but it's a very very different experience it's just on another level in, in fact this is bigger than when I went to GDC game developers conference in um, San Francisco yeah. I would say it's three times the size um, and if you're listening to this podcast now, you can probably hear in the background the thousands and thousands of people. We're, we're, we found a little kind of cafe that's actually shut. Um, that we're sat kind of like up above one of these huge corridors outside of Pool 6 where we've just been. Yeah. Um, and it's just absolutely heaving. And we're in the last couple of hours of the day, right? And it's the only one left, though, because E3's gone now yeah. and everything's online. So this is the big one. And Insomnia they sold was the dead. Tickets. Yeah, Insomnia was dead. And it's probably not going to be oh, alive yikes. again. Yeah. Okay, so obviously we were here to check out what's going on in the world of sim racing from a Gamescom perspective. I was really interested to see how much floor space sim racing has in the general kind of gaming uh, industry and specifically at Gamescom. And 
we, we have in front of us a list of stuff to talk about. There is a lot of sim racing here. It's, it is, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of contributing factors. I think Drive to Survive is one. You know, perhaps the Gran Turismo film is another. And then notably, I'd say companies like Moser and Simagic, kind of the cheaper manufacturers who have seen the growth of sim racing who are coming into this space, they get that they need to target gamers, not hardcore sim racing fans. And so they're here at Gamescom. And actually, as far as like manufacturer only stands, obviously you've got Corsair and Elgato, and you've got all of the, the classic gaming hardware manufacturers, but there's only one sim racing hardware manufacturer. And I think they are genius for being here. And it's Moser. Yeah. No, that was really good to see, actually. It was, it was nice to see that they were appealing to both. There was gamers waiting in the queue just to mm. try it out. Yeah. And then they had like all their hardware available, the like prototype truck wheel that they haven't even announced right. properly, and it was it was just nice. To see. The, the truck wheel is interesting, right? Because the whole the whole the, the reason why I think that Moser is really smart is because they're trying to appeal to gaming rather than yeah. sim racing or esports or motorsport uh, enthusiasts, and they're doing that not just by turning up to the right events, but they're doing that with their product line. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we saw the uh, we saw a few stands today where people were doing like truck simulator games and like the farming simulators and they brought out and bus simulators and they brought out like a wheel which just looks like i guess what i mean i've never been in a lorry but i guess what a lorry wheel would look like, yeah. like just big and you know it didn't have traction control and drs and ers it just had like yeah. volume up volume down buttons for your sat nav like I think it's smart it's also because with sim racing you can show off a lot of different hardware not just for the sim racing part of it but the computer mm. that's running it yeah the the monitors that are on it and yeah. like samsung were here and they were showing off ultra wide monitors yeah perfect for sim racing so yeah. it's just a win-win you know yeah and actually as we go through this list there is a bit of a theme that most of the stands where we saw sim rigs they weren't showing off like racing games it was other brands using sim racing to kind of show off what what they do yeah. so let's so let's go through it so uh, we we briefly spoke about uh moser already moser had a stand with i think it was nine simulators it was it was a, a two rows of three and another yeah. out three at the back and they had their various different pedal sets and they had their their wheels and it was using the r9 so i noticed that that they only had the smaller uh direct drive uh, that we saw anyway it was very crowded when we got there um, but I mean, again, that's them kind of leaning into the more casual side of game uh, as racing as gaming rather than racing as sim racing. Yeah. I was very impressed with the range that they had. Like they've not been around for long, right? And they had a huge range of wheels. They had that wall with all the wheels up. Um, it is kind of impressive, like how much they've brought to market so like so quickly. I think as well, in an audience like this, you get such a wide variety of people that everyone's trying it. I think it's just going to convert a lot of gamers into casual sim racers yeah. who, when they look at Moza and they're like, oh, this bundle only costs like, not a few hundred quid. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Then they'll just go into it because yeah. why not? And nowadays, like I mentioned this earlier to you, I feel like it's more common to see people, someone with a, a wheel in the house mm. and just like casually driving in their favorite game like Forza yeah. or whatever. And they don't care too much about the proper try-hard stuff, mm. but they still spend money on equipment. They still want to upgrade it, and I think Moza can see that by coming here and showing those. Yeah, it's, it's, I totally, totally agree. And it's almost like they're not trying to join this wave of like sim racing brands that exist, like you know, Fanatec and Simucube and Astec. What they're doing is they're kind of replacing the brands that I remember as a kid, which yeah. were the kind of almost like 
unbranded wheel that you got from the Argos catalogue for like a hundred pounds that you'd ask yeah. for for Christmas, and you yeah. literally sit it on your knees and play. Like yeah. it's it's it, obviously it's not to that extent, but it's kind of like that's the market they're going for. Well, it's kind of how Logitech released their wheel, and that was like the basic entry mm. one. And then after that, there wasn't something really in between. <laughs> it was like okay, you have to buy this base, you know, um, buy all the special equipment, and, and Moses kind of advertising towards the people who don't want just a little Logitech wheel, but they also don't want to spend a huge amount on the sim yeah. rig, and then they just have something nice that they can still use and mm. still actually race. Yeah, and they've definitely, um, I think they've definitely come a long way in terms of their brand perception. I think last year when we went to the Sim Racing Expo, bearing in mind that the, uh, that the audience there was like hardcore sim racers, to use that phrase, like a, a lot of people weren't completely wowed by Moser. But actually, now that that, that range has come out and they, they've brought out the, 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 the higher end uh, direct drives, yeah. I don't know. I think they're going to be a big contender. And I, the display as well, that Moza display that we saw, yes, that was really interesting. That was very interesting because it looked almost identical to the Fanatec Bentley wheel that they yeah. had at the 2021 Sim Racing Expo that still hasn't been released. Yeah. They still haven't managed to get that out. Moza has come out with one. Now, I don't think it has. So if you're not familiar with the Fanatec, uh, Bentley wheel. Essentially, it's a really fancy, very expensive-looking GT-style wheel. But in the center, you have a round screen, almost like a mini's like dashboard, right? Um, but the Fanatec gimmick was that as you turn the wheel, the screen would stay like uh, what would you call it? Parallel, perpendicular, perpendicular, I guess, to the ground. So it would stay upright, so that it wasn't kind of you weren't rotating the data as you moved the the wheel, right? But it was glitchy, like really, yeah. really glitchy when I tried it. Now, Moza has that same digital display in the middle, but obviously we couldn't see it moving around, so we don't know if the whole point is that it rotates or not. But if it doesn't, I mean, how often, really, when you're going around a corner, are you checking out the data yeah, on your true, dash? Yeah, true, true. Like, like, it was just a nice to have, though. It was like a yeah. nice little display. And just simple things like that are just gamifying a lot more things and mm -hmm. then just the hardcore sim racing stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that's Moza. Um, very exciting to see that they're here, and I really hope that other sim racing brands kind of follow in their footsteps. Yeah. Now, another brand that was here, but not on their own stand, and they had absolutely no branding on this stand, other than the fact that obviously their rigs have their, their branding on it, was Track Racer. Now, Track Racer, this is, a really, this is another one that's really exciting, right? Because Track Racer was there on the Corsair stand. Now, Corsair, um, if you don't know, they make uh, PC parts. I think I have a, I think I have a Corsair CPU cooler. I think I had a Be Quiet one, and now it's a Corsair one. I think I've had a Corsair keyboard in the past. In fact, my keyboard is Corsair. Um, so Corsair own Elgato that do the stream stream decks, and they own Scuff that do all the custom kind of uh, 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 console controller mods. Um, now Track Racer was on that stand, which again is another example of the huge gaming brands looking at sim racing and be like, okay, we need some of this. And they had two Track Racer rigs on their stand. Yeah, with like barely any branding. They were just happy to help. <laughs> yeah. like we saw Track Racer because we knew where to look, but yeah. like, you know, they were just more interested in gamers trying out the, the hardware and allowing Corsair to have that free, you mm. know, branding on it. Well, not free, but yeah. you know. Well, and, and again, massive, massive, queue now you know yeah. not not like an app so you know we'll get to this later on but we queued for a couple of games um and that it wasn't like an hour long queue but i think what the sim rigs are managing to achieve at gamescom is they always have a huge crowd around them there's yeah. always loads of people watching them because people i think a lot, a lot of people haven't seen a like sim rig in the flesh if you like and haven't seen like how immersive it is with the big 
wide kind of like wraparound triple screens. But I thought it was really interesting that Track Racer is aligning itself with traditional gaming brands. Yeah, I think it's just an easy win. Like what we saw with the VR, uh, what was it, the AR shooting um, sports that. Oh, the V V Sports. Yeah, the V Sports yeah. uh, so VR arena. Huge, huge queue for that, and that's because mm. it's new technology people haven't seen. And it's similar with the sim racing because even though gamers are gamers and they see everything, but they still haven't. It's not common to see a full rig with like a huge yeah. monitor set up. So brands coming in doing that, just showcasing their their products, it's just. I mean, I mean, obviously, from like a grid finder slash Sim Sunday's point of view, it's great because we're seeing like thousands and thousands. Well, you know, probably nearly a decent portion of the three hundred thousand people here today yeah. will have been looking at sim rigs, will have been seeing seeing the games that people are racing in the rigs. Yeah, um, and, you know, and will be con considering it as a as a, an addition to their their gaming setups, which will be interesting. Okay, so that was Track Racer. Very exciting that they're that they're partnering with gaming hardware brands. Uh, next is an, another interesting partnership with a group that we've seen twice now at the Sim Racing Expo called Get Closer Racing. Now they're running a sim racing tournament with eRazer, and I hadn't heard of eRazer, and Intel, and I have heard of Intel. Yeah. So they had a huge stage in all six or eight, one of the main, one of the main halls anyway, uh, right next to where they were doing the big uh, Tekken um, kind of esports tournament uh, that was going on. I think Razer is a German hardware brand that creates some stuff for sim rigs, but I think it's only Germany for now. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to branch out by coming to an event like this. I did also give it a quick Google to see what it is, and eraser.gg, most of the information was about this particular tournament, which is exciting because this is, was one of the qualifiers, was, was hosted here on the stage at Gamescom. The next round is actually at Expo, so we can kind of follow it through, yeah. uh, and then they have a final later on in the year. But that was interesting because that's now Intel, obviously one of the largest uh, gaming brands in the world, getting very like kind of uh, like organically involved with um, sim racing. Now the rigs weren't your casual rigs; they were big, you know, motion things, very very fancy. Get close to rigs. I remember seeing them at the sim racing expo. They have a very distinctive look. They have lots of kind of like gold chrome. There's a lot of like. Um, styling within the aluminium profile. They are aluminium profile rigs, not like, you know, um, track, race, uh, track racers uh, Alpine rigs that we saw on the, um, the Elgato stand, but they, they're aluminium profile, but they have lots of these kind of little, um, like uh, shimmery like accessories to kind of give it, give it their, own, um, their own look. But it was really interesting to see Get Closer Racing, who I think were a fairly small German sim racing brand with eRazer and um, Intel doing something up on the big stage at Gamescom, like, do we think maybe we're going to start seeing some some more sim racing tournaments at Gamescom? And their queue was massive. I think that was the biggest yeah. one out of all the sim racing stuff we saw. And I think it's probably the tournament side of things, mm. but also the Intel brand and the motion. The I motion, think motion yeah. Yeah. And they, they had it up on like a, a pedestal as well. It wasn't just on the ground. It was like higher up, the main traction. Yeah. And it was also on the big screen, so that helps out. Maybe next year when we come here, we'll see a sim racing tournament that has a crowd as big as the mobile. What was that game called? I've oh, never mobile gaming yeah, it tournament. Was like a, it was a Clash Royale. One Clash, of those, it was, one, it was one of something those. like that. Yeah, yeah. But I've never seen anything like it. So obviously it's an esports tournament, and you have your two teams of three up on like a, a desk on a stage. There must have been. 
five or six hundred people yeah, in that easy, hall yeah. watching, and they had this huge setup and a sound booth and blah blah. And then when the game starts playing, you look up and all the guys that are playing are just like on their phones. <laughs> it's and almost it was, like they're not Yeah, fired. it was really weird because you have the booths near it as well, which are trying to attract you know potential customers. Yeah. And it was a huge booth, a huge setup, a chair, a full-on gaming chair. And you sit down, it's a phone plugged into a, a yeah. cable that you're playing this mobile <laughs> game on. And it just seems so silly, but it makes so much sense because it's the same thing as like an Xbox, a PC. It's just... On your phone, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's... The people in the crowd could literally be playing at the exactly, same time. Yeah. yeah, that was very interesting. So it'll be interesting to see if we see more of the uh, the kind of the uh, tournament and competition activations like we saw with Get Closer Racing today. Yeah. Okay, so another one. Uh, now, admittedly, I don't know a huge amount about this game. I remember I played, I think it was The Crew 2 ages ago, but uh, Ubisoft brought The Crew Motorfest to Gamescom and they had a enormous stand that big like yeah, Hawaiian huge, yeah. like tropical style thing mm. where they had like the they had the uh, the car out the front from the from the front cover of the game yeah. and then they had rows and rows and rows of, of people playing it now interestingly they didn't have any rigs everybody was playing that game on controller mm -hmm. but then I don't actually if I'm being honest the crew is not a game I've ever played on a rig so I don't even know if you can play it on a rig I'm pretty sure you can but it's like another Forza Horizon kind of game yeah and I don't different know, target like, I think yeah different target but I think it could have worked I think it could have brought in some more people like every other stand house with a sim rig but well perhaps they'll be walking around the uh, Gamescom seeing all the other games that are bringing yeah. sim rigs and be like well we may as well just demonstrate the yeah, fact yeah, yeah, that, that, that we can uh, so yeah, don't have a huge amount to say about that, other than that it was another huge amount of the, of the floor space here at, at Gamescom that was being used for um, a racing game. Yeah. Okay, so now let's, uh, let's, in the middle of this huge list, let's spend a bit of time talking about what we thought was going to be our highlight for this weekend, which was the new Forza Motorsport. Now, you were particularly excited about this before we got here. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for Forza Motorsport because I played the old ones. I, I love Forza Horizon, and I kind of want one that broke some barriers in like the tech they use for just you know in the gaming world, mm. but also like in the sound world for all the cars and trying to bring all the cars into it and everything like that. And when they announced Forza Motorsport, instead of it being Forza Motorsport 8, they announced Forza Motorsport, and they mm. just changed the title. They reset the game. They said it's a completely new thing, and that brings a lot of expectations in hand with that because you expect it to be a huge leap from, from mm. what you see previously and when we were queuing up to we thought we were going to play the game we didn't get to play the game we yeah. got to see someone playing the game which was still fine that's yeah. fine yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice we, to actually sit down yeah honest. it was <laughs> nice to sit down when we were queuing up we did notice some things that we were like a bit afraid of when, mm. in the trailer that we're showcasing like the graphics were a bit yeah. not there so to be clear, this was so we're talking now about the screen that was being shown in the queue yes, to yeah. the theatre, but actually it was quite different when we were inside. But mm -hmm. the, when we were in the queue, we were right by the screen and we were looking at the, the graphics for Forza Motorsport, and it just looked a bit old. Yeah, not like you know, it wasn't like uh, this was like a PS4 game. Obviously, no. it wasn't PlayStation, obviously, um, but it was just um, there's some really jagged edges. The, the cars looked a little bit flat. Like it wasn't, it wasn't Gran Turismo. No. It wasn't even ACC. No. But then, as soon as we got in, as soon as they started, even in the menu, we noticed the difference. Like when yeah. he was going through the menu, I was like, okay, this is actually production ready. Yeah. And even the guy said, this is what you'll see when you buy the game, yeah. as close as we can get it to be. 
Um, it was playing on 4K 60 FPS. Yeah. That's, that's what I remember. Um, and it was, yeah, it was smooth. There was no, I didn't see any any stutters, any lag. No. Uh, the game looked great in um, during the racing. There were some features they showed which were really, really impressive. But I just didn't see that disconnect between the trailer that they yeah. showed to yeah. us beforehand and what we saw behind closed doors that yeah. we can't film, we can't show. Yeah, which it looked is, a lot better. Yeah, it looked a lot better. And you know what? I So I kind of went in thinking, right, when I watch this, I'm going to I'm gonna compare it to Gran Turismo mm -hmm. 7 that I've been playing quite a lot recently. And I actually think I prefer it. So Gran Turismo 7 is very shiny. It's almost like like a matte glossy effect. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you see uh, you see footage of gameplay on Gran Turismo 7 and you see the, the light comes off the cars, it's almost too much. It's like yeah. too it's too flashy almost um whereas forza i think got it quite right so we saw it was called the super sedans so it was like you know the bmw m4 and it was the audi rs6 and it was the mercedes i can't remember which mercedes it was but so it was kind of like your road cars going around Mugello. yeah and i i was actually quite impressed the gameplay looked good now the guy was playing on a controller not on a on a wheel really? and so like it always looks a bit weird on a controller you get those kind of like like very quick leans yeah. to either side. But overall, the, the gameplay itself did look smooth. It did, did look like he was kind of getting some feedback yeah. from the car. And they also gamified a lot of the, the different parts that you don't see in Gran Turismo or any sim yeah. racing part, uh, games. Like the uh, seeing the, the grid all, all lined up with people outside of it. Yes. Um, a practice session as soon as you start, and then mm -hmm. you can skip the practice, or you can just have as many yeah. laps as you want to get the feel of it. And being able to change the difficulty because mm -hmm. he was showing off the new single player campaign mode, whatever yeah. it's called, I can't remember now. But it just all looked really impressive. I think the AI looked good. Yeah. For what he was talking about, there was a lot of buzzwords AI yeah. and machine learning. <laughs> oh, machine learning, yeah, 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 yeah. it ticked a lot. I of those think he boxes. said that four times in like yeah, 10 did, seconds. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that looked really impressive. And I hope that when the game does come out, which is only a month away ish, mm. um, that it's actually going to be as good as, as it seems now. And there were some really nice little features in there for single player, which mm -hmm. jumped out to me. Now, the two that I remember, one was um, a feature called Challenge the Grid. So when you're going into your single player race, so that you don't always have to keep doing qualifying, you essentially do a bit of practice, then you go straight into the race rather than qualifying. I think single player qualifying is a bit yeah. meh, because you've got to get the AI absolutely right. And so what they've done instead is they have this system called Challenge the Grid. So you do practice and then you get a screen where you have the, the 30 grid spots and you say where you want to start. So if you start right up at the front, okay, that's fine, but you get like next to zero credits, you know, yeah. the kind of the in-game currency. And then as you go further down the grid, you get more and more and more and more. So the more you challenge yourself, the more you can win yeah. at the end. And I was like, I have no qualms with that system. That makes that works, so much, yeah. it's almost like, and it, it, it's almost like a, a self, balancing AI system. So you don't have to jump into a race at 70 AI and they'll be like, oh, it's too easy, I'll go up to 90. Oh, bloody hell, 90, I'm miles behind the pack. And, and they're constantly having to go back and forth, back and forth. And then you change track and car, yeah. and it's totally off again. This is a really clever system where it doesn't matter. We'll put you in the middle, we'll roughly kind of react to your speed, and the, further, the faster you go, the, further, the more overtakes you do, the more points you can earn. Yeah. Another feature that they highlighted was the difficulty had two levels to it. There was like the overall difficulty that you want the AI to be, and then it was the difficulty of the 
was the name right, of it, it was like the race it was R it was the it was the FRR it was like the yeah. Forza, Forza the Race, race regulations. regulations yeah so they're custom Forza Race Regulations and you determine how harsh you want them to be and they played on like an easy level so if you put a corner that it was fine but they didn't mention that if you play on the hardest level the hardest difficulty everything is counted they had over like 10,000 different um points they look at in, yeah. the, in the race to it, see types of incidents types of incidents yeah which is, which is huge yes and actually that's a really good point that i forgot about they ha essentially they have live stewarding yes live which, stewarding. which actually is massive they yeah. kind of glossed over it yeah. but essentially it's live stewarding so well, if you bump into a car yeah. it comes up that there's been an incident and then there's a delay of like four or five seconds and then the decision comes in and it says you know no further action or presumably some kind of penalty right and also that was on single player i assume it's going to be on multiplayer i don't see why yeah. not and that, that's just huge that, that that's would be huge. massive if they can really get that right that would be huge and then the second thing that i noticed which i thought was fantastic in terms of kind of elevating your single player experience mm -hmm. is let's say you're playing single player because nobody else is online or you just want to do the single player campaign but you have friends on forza when you're racing in the car your friends cars are the cars that you race against with the set with your friends liveries and your friends uh, tuning uh, adjustments that's what he said right yeah. so uh, the way i interpreted that was if i'm going to do let's say that i'm kind of like two hours into the game and i've got friends who are two hours or more into the game they will have they'll have chosen the audi or the bmw or the mercedes whatever it is and they'll have their liveries and they'll tune it'll be tuned to it and it'll be their name so in single player if your friends have raced that car on that track you see their livery and you see their customizations and you race against their name albeit it's an ai now that's that's, that's a great idea yeah it's so good they did similar things in the previous forces but i think after the uh, like 30 minutes that we got to see uh, the biggest thing that stood out for me was the no cheating AI, which was a huge problem yeah. in Forza. Uh, he specifically mentioned no rubber banding. Yeah. There's not going to be AI teleporting forward to catch up. There's no catch up for the AI. It's all the, the same AI physics. is just better. So yeah. it's, it's not going to mess up and then have to teleport forward or anything yeah. like that. I'm going to take his word for it. We'll see when <laughs> the game comes out. But that's the biggest point where every single Forza player has said previously that they love the game, but they just hate the AI because yeah. it's just so bad. And they've said they reworked the whole thing. They threw all the buzzwords out. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. What did you not see during the Forza demo that you might have been hoping to see? I, I was hoping to see some more insight into the liveries because yeah. they didn't show any liveries and any like livery sharing. Uh, I think in a lot of the old Forza games you could even sell or limit how many right. livery downloads there could be yeah. so only 10 people can download this livery and it's locked forever or passworded something mm. like that and it'd be nice to see because I that's think that's what the editor looks like we don't yeah, even know what the editor, we don't know what the editor looks like or yeah. can you do like what you can do on Gran Turismo where you can make it on Photoshop yeah. and then import it into the game so they didn't show any of that but I guess that's not the important part that people want to see no. the game's but yeah. it would have been nice to see hey, like it would have been nice for them to let us play it maybe <laughs> Okay, so that was Forza, yeah. which obviously was, it was kind of the, the headline for us when we came here. That was the one that we wanted to really see. And it was a bit disappointing we couldn't play it, given how soon it's coming out. But we did learn a lot about it. We yes. are very excited yes. for that game to come out. Okay, so we're going to go from one end of the spectrum totally to the other. And it's something that we kind of hinted at earlier. And that's the amount of truck simulators, bus simulators, and farming simulators that are here. Now, we're called Sim Sundays. Often we basically just do racing sims, but I thought it'd be worth pointing this out because they all had hardware. Yes, and they had custom hardware. I noticed one when we spoke, 
there was a normal Logitech wheel with an attachment for a... a, a oh, a, a <laughs> what do you call like a like a, a, like a knob? whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I, it just glued on and he, he was doing it. And it was like some eight-year-old kid. And I'm like, this is perfect. This, yeah. is, this is great. Yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of uh, surprising. And one of the things that, that really... I don't want to say it made me laugh. I wasn't like sneering at it, but just I'd never seen this concept, which was the farming simulator league. Yes, yeah. So there was like an esports stage, and there were some guys up there who were being filmed. They're up on the desk under the lights. They had the big screen between them showing off what they were doing, like side by side. And it was almost like farming speed running, but yeah. obviously tractors are quite slow. <laughs> but there is a time limit to it. And I've seen some competitions in the past of farming simulator where it literally got down to the last second where the hay bales going up <laughs> and the points didn't count because they didn't reach the top. And they oh lost by that amount of points that could have won in the That's game. That's nuts. And it's all a league. Like people in there are different ages. There was people in their like 50s, 60s playing. And there was some really young people playing yeah. who had just started off. Uh, I think that's also a help because uh, farming sim came out on mobile in the past year or two. So that brings in a lot of new customers. That's it. I'm yeah, yeah. play that on the plane back. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was, it was great to see. And they all had like rigs. Like some people use a controller, but most yeah. of them were using like a, a basic Logitech wheel. I love the idea of someone like uh, D-Box having to program in the motion for a tractor where it's not like these <laughs> quick movements. You're just like, duh, 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 yeah. just, like just slowly vibrating. <laughs> just yeah. coming, coming out of a four-hour gaming session, just shaking. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, okay, so that was really cool to see. Uh, okay, so now here's another one that we're really excited about and we have some plans on Gridfinder to, yeah. uh, to kind of make the most of this uh, particular game. Uh, and that was Trackmania. Now, Trackmania, obviously, uh, most people know what Trackmania is. If you don't, uh, in fact, Camille, uh, I'm not going to butcher this. You explain Trackmania. Yeah, Trackmania is free to play. It's on console now as well, so anyone can play it. Um, basically, you get a map and you finish it as quick as possible, and that, that's literally But you're driving, right? right? So you're driving, driving cars, yeah. and you just and it's like an, it, some of them look like open world maps, some of them look like actual race tracks, some yeah. of them look like they're in space. Like there's all sorts there's of modded tracks. There's also a couple of the day that happens three times a day. There's a couple of the day, a couple of the night, a couple of the whatever yeah. morning. Uh, which is a random track every single day made by the community That's and very approved cool. by the community. I love that. And it's a tournament system where you hop in, you set yeah. a time qualifying, and you get put into a, a tiered lobby of 64 players from tier one to tier however many it has to be. And then every round players get dropped out who are slowest, and then you win points, cups, yeah. you unlock liveries as well in the game based on the amount of wins you get. So it's, you know, it's, it's like the perfect game to hop into and just have fun on. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. But what uh, stood out to me was that people were playing it on rigs. Yeah. So like that is a, I, yeah. I would argue that is a uh, controller first game. Yeah. And yet the stand, which was sponsored by the Philips One Blade, which at first I thought was a bit random. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so it's like a shaver. You always see those adverts on TV where it's like, we're, we're sharp and nimble. And I guess on, tra on Trackmania, you have to kind of be like, sharpen your actions and nimble, I don't know. I guess that was kind of what they were going for. Uh, also partnered with Team Big. Yeah, and Team Big have two players on it, which is Massa and Granadi. And Granadi uses a steering wheel, and he is probably the, one of the best players in Trackmania currently, and he's using a steering wheel. The story for him using a steering wheel was that his dad used the steering wheel. He didn't know there was another option, so he just used the steering wheel, and he got really good at it. And when he realized there was another option, he was like, I might as well just yeah. carry on. So, nuts and, yeah. it was, it, and that was great because it's another example of a I mean there's more players play Trackmania than iRacing ACC AC R Factor 2 racing yeah. combined and then probably times that by 10 right 
It's a it's massive, huge. it's a huge, huge game. And it's game. huge in Europe, like in Germany, it yeah. is huge. So, if they're starting to bring wheels and pedals into games like Trackmania, that is only a good thing for the sim racing market. It's just quite on console this year, they're still perfecting it, and they're still updating it, you know? Yeah, I, I honestly think that we're in a bit of a transition with sim racing. I feel like the, the tip of the spear has always been things like iRacing and Assetto yeah. Corsa in terms of developing the hardware. But actually, now that it's got to this stage and it's caught on and caught on and caught on, it's now it's spreading into anything from Trackmania to Farming Simulator to the crew to yeah. Yeah, everything is now using it. So that was that that one really stood out to me. And again, more floor space at Gamescom that was using rigs. Honestly, every single hall had rigs in it, and some of the biggest stands had rigs on them. So it was uh, yeah, it was really cool to see. Um, okay, so the next one. Uh, this one was kind of common territory for us. It was an ADAC sponsor. So if you don't know ADAC, they sponsor the Sim Racing Expo. But at least they have done for the last three or four years. Uh, it was an ADAC, and they've got some. Uh, they have a racing team. So ADAC sponsored race room time trial. So it was essentially a race room stand, I would argue, but ADAC branding everywhere. Where race room was, of course, showing off its game, and it was showing its kind of venue management system. Uh, yeah. And it was showing off the rigs that they use. They don't have their own wheels and pedals, but they do have their own um, cockpit. So I haven't got a huge amount to say about that one. It was, it was, it was, you know, something that we've seen at Sim Racing Expo many, many times. If you've ever been to the Nurburgring, it was essentially just a small cutout of the race room um, uh, stand stall that's that's permanently at the Nurburgring. We're still gathering a lot of players though, and a lot of people watching. Oh. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, massive, yeah. massive crowds, like huge crowds of yeah. gamers queuing up to go and have a, have a go on it. I imagine, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that tens of thousands, if not over a hundred thousand, gamers have tried a sim ring for the first time this weekend. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think that's that's fairly easy to say. Um, okay, so this one's a little bit left field, but I really, really like this. So this was a, it's called Hybrid Gaming, right? So I was doing a bit of research before this, and uh, it's, a, it's a company called RC Drifting, and they do hybrid gaming. So let me set the scene. We're going in one of the halls, and there's a huge floor space where there is a track built, like a physical track built on the floor. And up one side, you have a load of guys sat with uh, controllers, uh, like your traditional kind of like gun and wheel style controllers that you might have played with as a kid. And then they had drifting cars on the tracks, but the cars actually drifted, as yeah. in that's all they were doing. No, that was insane. They were just driving sideways with their front wheels completely in locked the opposite well. way. In tandem. Yeah. It was like tandem drifting. But obviously it's kind of gaming because they're not actually in the cars, but then it's real. It's like, it's essentially an RC. Yeah. I imagine if you're listening to this podcast and you've done like RC racing before, you're like, it's just RC racing time. It's not some fancy hybrid gaming thing. But I think that's the direction they're going in. The cars had these really cool liveries and that had a huge crowd as well. It had and a that, huge crowd. It was sponsored by Loot as well. They were pushing yes. their energy drinks and energy powder, yeah. which is... I mean, we've never heard of them and we wanted to buy it as soon as we saw it. So. Yeah, well, yeah, we were flagging at that point. So um, I think probably we probably can't chalk this one up as a win to sim racing because it's definitely not sim racing. It's not a racing game, but it is more people interested in some form of, of racing. Like, yeah. There could be a Car X partnership there with some actual there drifting. Should you know? be a there should be. Because when I saw that, I just saw the Car X videos I watched in my yeah, spare time. Yeah. Like, that is, 
it was insane they were drifting they were just tiny that's little... a really good point yeah it looked very satisfying I, I imagine it's a lot harder than it looks must be yeah. i mean they look concentrated on, the, on what <laughs> yeah, they, were doing. they were all there like mouths <laughs> open just staring unblinking yeah. at these cars um okay so uh, Mario Kart. We had a Mario Kart and Nintendo. Well, the Nintendo had a huge stand. In yeah. fact, I think they had. I think I saw a stand in, in two different halls. But the biggest hall, I want to say it was six or maybe eight, maybe seven. I don't know. One of the big ones, anyway. Nintendo had a huge um, uh, activation, and of course, they had uh, Mario Kart there. People playing on the Switch. No rigs, but you know, it, it's racing. Racing is racing. I haven't really got anything else to say about the Mario Kart. No, there was also that other one uh, that was close to Mario Kart, the Battle Royale, not Battle Royale, yes. Race Royale or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah, that that looked, looked really cool. interesting. We should find um, that before we leave. We actually. should find that, yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah, interesting. It was an interesting concept because I could see that they were lap times. Yeah. I could see that they were results tables. Yeah. But equally, you start, I think you started with like 90 cars or 95 cars or something. Well, I remember it wasn't 100. Yeah, yeah, it was like. Um, well, nearly 100 it was nearly a lot of people cars. racing in there it was mario kart styled but it looked really good yeah 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 but obviously the idea unlike mario kart is if you get destroyed you're out 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 out, yeah. out. so yeah the mario kart stand itself as popular as always it's mario kart everyone's going to play it you yeah. had splatoon 3 i think it was in the background and everyone <laughs> yeah. cheering in that tournament yeah there was a huge was, tournament going yeah. on it's kind of been nice actually to see how many people have been here like cheering along all these various different tournaments i expect a lot of them are kind of finals or special events of tournaments that are ongoing throughout the year yeah. it didn't feel like it was just anybody sign up and have a go it felt like these guys were pretty good but it was uh, yeah it was really cool um another thing that was really cool was the indie space you know we had a little look around the uh, the indie hall there's a whole hall there and they had the indie hall was essentially split into two you had the retro indie games and then you had just your generic indie games yeah. um and actually, a lot of those games are really, really good fun. Um, and one of them that we saw was called Loop Races. And we, we watched it for a little while. And at first, I thought it was like, when I went to GDC and when I went to South by Southwest, there was a lot of these like racing games, with like retro, like blue lights and stuff, like flashing past. But they all looked a bit naff and like the physics looked a bit rubbish and the cars didn't really move on the screen. Whereas this one looked a lot better. Yeah. I think I only saw a single player version, but then it was an indie game. But it's nice to see indie studios giving racing games a go, right? It's probably not the first thing. If you were an indie developer and you're like, right, what shall our first project be? I can't imagine many people would go straight to racing. No, I mean, we saw about 300 platformers in the indie section and like one <laughs> racing game. Yeah. It'd be nice to maybe see two racing games <laughs> next year. But um, no, it was just nice to see. It's probably uh, a signal of like how difficult and complicated a racing 100%. game is. If you think that every racing game that's that's kind of made it has a big focus on its physics, that's not a simple task. Yeah. I mean, just building a game that you have a menu system and loads up a car onto a track and you turn left, it goes left, you turn right, it goes right. It's probably a mammoth task. It depends on the studio. yeah. It depends on the style you go for. But I think even like Circuit Superstars is a great example of. Yeah. of what you can do with a racing game it's with still such a racing. small team yeah exactly and mass let's while we're here let's do a massive shout out to uh circuit superstars in the studio uh they've just released karting superstars this weekend they're not sadly at the uh, at gamescom but they've just released karting superstars and it looks incredible i'm yeah. gonna be buying it when i get back and, and playing that so uh check that one out if you're a fan of the circuit superstars franchise okay so let's move on to lego Lego had a big showing. <laughs> yes, like, they did. Basically, a full haul. <laughs> Do you know what they didn't have? What? Unless we missed it, but we were looking for racing games, and we would have seen it. it was Lego Racers? Lego have a racing game? They, 
They didn't, yeah, that wasn't. They had a Lego LMP, yeah. like a full size LMP, which was very, very Huge, cool. Huge, yeah. But I didn't see their game. And that's no. their, that is their latest game, right? I don't, I don't think I saw it. I saw the Hot Wheels one. Yeah. I saw the Hot Wheels one, but I didn't see the Lego one. Um, that would be really surprising. I think yeah. maybe we've missed maybe it. Maybe we missed it. <laughs> we have to that go back. That there. would be like a, yeah. a, you can't have a Lego car at the Lego stand <laughs> and then not bring their Lego racing game. I mean, it's easy to miss stuff here. It's so big. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I'm saying it. I'm like, they should. They must. They have must. Have it. Had this it, must yeah. be us. <laughs> okay. So we'll go. We'll go back and check that one out. Have you played that game? I haven't. Sadly, have you seen any of it? I have seen a lot of it. It looks great. So right? I love the destructible. I love hitting a wall and all your pieces going off. <laughs> it's like wow. My favorite part about Forza Horizon, I think it was four or five, was the Lego DLC they added, where all the cars are Lego, yeah. the tracks are Lego. Yeah, yeah. But they did it so well because they mix it into realism. Right. So they're full on track with then like a Lego lamppost that you could hit and the layers <laughs> would work. But yeah, Le Lego is just great. I mean, Lego's marketing is, is insane. It's really good. Okay, so uh, final thing uh, to note. So, so we've kind of listed probably about 66, 66%, I'll be specific, about two thirds of the, the sim rigs that we've found here, the ones we're noting. Yeah. But one that, that stood out to me was the the Aorus. So Aorus, again, is a brand that makes monitors. Yeah. I think it makes GPUs. I yeah. think it has a motherboard. It's got a lot. It's of got a lot. PC so it's, parts, it's a PC hardly, parts yeah. right? Uh, and they were showing off their triple screen setup and their PC um, at Gamescom. And what did they use to show it off? Simrig, yeah. No, it wasn't a Simrig, it was a racing game, but it was a desk mounted. Yeah, but the three monitor, wheel. like. Yeah, full okay, on right, yeah. I mean, you could be, sorry, you could be totally forgiven for thinking it was a Simrig. <laughs> it was a desk mounted setup, right? Yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was a Thrustmaster DD mounted to a desk, but then they were showing off the triple screens, like, they're, they're show, but they're using racing to do it because it makes total sense. It does, right? yeah. Like, what other games do you benefit? Realistically, that much from having a triple screen. I think Samsung weren't showing a rig, but they were showing a lot of gameplay for games. F1, they had F1, F1 yeah. Turn. And they have a similar thing like Aorus did, which was the huge monitors. The, yeah. It was like the Odyssey Arc and then the Odyssey yeah. G9, like that looks super insane. ultra wide. Yeah. And there's no better way of showing it than well, a racing. Game. I can't think because most games you are directly in control of your field of view, right? Yeah. You're moving left and right, so yeah. you, you, you control your field of view. Whereas in sim racing, the only way to control your field of view is to turn the car, and if you want to see what's to the right of you, the best way to do that isn't to turn your car, right? No. So the wider the screen, the better. So if you're a monitor manufacturer and you want to be able to buy more monitors, I guess saying, hey, look, you've got one of our monitors, great, buy two, buy two yeah. more, and then you get this racing experience. Like It makes... Uh, that made a lot of sense. But again, really exciting to see another massive global gaming brand using sim racing to show off their hardware and kind of get involved with sim racing. So I think the conclusion is that we're now seeing sim racing mixing it with the big gaming brands. Everywhere, yeah, yeah. Absolutely everywhere. I'd say that was probably like the biggest takeaway point from Gamescom for me is that sim racing is just spreading into all parts of gaming and it's 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 going to stop becoming a niche i think and it's going to just become part of gaming yeah. and i think everything from your casual races all the way up to your i racing is going to be benefiting from all the hardware and the, the mods and the community support like it's just all coming together really really nicely if you're a racing game i wouldn't be surprised if the next mario kart release of like a wheel bundle for like just a fun one you know just yeah for the kids i'm sure i've seen a mario kart wheel 
I'm sure I've I have. seen the I've... ones where you stick the Wii remote yes. in. Yes, yeah, it has, yeah. Like, the I think that's it, right? I but think that's no, it. no specific one for the Switch or anything like that. But it'd be, it'd be nice to see some fun things to do with sim racing, yeah. as much as there are the, the try hard and. The, well, the... I would say that's the biggest difference, right? If we were gonna now, obviously the scale is the biggest difference between Gamescom and Sim Racing Expo. Yeah. But if we were gonna just compare the sim racing elements of Gamecom to uh, the Sim Racing Expo, I would say that you've hit the nail on the head there. And the biggest difference is that the focus here is on fun, not on realism and the link between racing and motorsport. Here, the joy is in the link between gaming and racing games, yeah. as opposed to, you know, the, the, the kind of like, we are recreating your, all, all these like, sim racing to real racer programs and the physics models this and you know direct drive newton meters that like here it's all about you can have some really immersive fun playing a really fun racing game that looks awesome with your friends by getting into this world we saw it insomnia as well though there was a lot of stands but the only stand that was attracting people was the alpine or was it the williams even then like it wasn't busy no it wasn't busy because insomnia wasn't busy insomnia but... was dead yeah the people that were there, we're just going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's something to watch as well. Yeah. I think it's interesting, isn't it, actually? Because at Gamescom, at Expos, a lot of people love watching sim racing. And yet sim racing does not do very well on Twitch or YouTube. No, it is weird because I think it's that barrier that, we, that you just mentioned, that the, the fun part of it, it's still really fun if you're competing at a really high level and you care about all those things. And so a casual gamer, a casual person who's watching, they don't care too much they just want to mm. see people race and have an exciting time with it yeah but yeah yeah very interesting okay so that's uh, that's our take on the sim racing footprint at gamescom which is so absolutely kicking off. Yeah. The, the cosplayers are going wild i can see some power rangers walking <laughs> underneath us at the moment there's somebody with a very big hat that looks like a spaceship it's, it's honestly it's absolutely awesome here if you've not been here you should come it's a great experience so Let's just spend five or 10 minutes doing something we never do on this show, which is talking about games other than sim racing games. Yeah. Since we're here at Gamescom, what did you, uh, what stood out? What did you like? I was quite amazed by Starfield. Mm -hmm. We got a private screening in this little cinema booth. We did, that was very um, cool. All in German, but yeah. we, we understood <laughs> some of it. That was mega hype. That was mega hype. That was mega. The woman at the beginning uh, was like, that's that mega hype. 25 years. That was about it. Yeah. Uh, that looked amazing. Sadly, we didn't get to play it because no. there was no option to. But it looked really good. Um, I think that was my highlight. The Starfield. I, I already wanted Starfield to be good, but I didn't really... I wasn't getting too hyped for it. And now after this weekend, I kind of want to go home and get that pre-installed and yeah. ready for when I can play it. I've never been really, really into single-player games. Ever since multiplayer came out, I've yeah. never been. I've never been one for buying a single-player game. I like. I, I would buy Call of Duty, but and then play the campaign because those campaigns are all, always stunning. Yeah. But I was buying it really for then the Friday nights with my mates playing, you know, Warzone or, or multiplayer or whatever. Um, but I think Starfield might buck that trend for the first time in about seven or eight years, and I might try that single-player really story good. mode because it does look incredible. Yeah, we also queued up for a lot of other games. We had, uh, I queued up for Path of Exile 2, yep. which was supposed to be a two hour queue, but they're always a bit quicker. Yeah, uh, you were in an hour, in less than an hour or I so. I know, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, once again, that game's coming out in 
eight months and it was playable today. So yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah. really fun. Yeah. We did actually meet a guy in the queue who said he was a bit annoyed that he can't play the big games and there yeah. were just videos. I think that's changed recently, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it has as well because I remember Gamescom being this whole thing where everything's playable. Every All the new games are showing their demos. Yeah. Demos aren't popular anymore, but it would, it would have still been nice to see uh, playable versions of the games. Yeah, but... 100%. But we did get to try some. So I'm uh, I'm a huge Hell Let Loose fan. Love the game Hell Let Loose. And Team 17, the guys behind Hell Let Loose, brought out a new game called Classified France 44, which, given that I'm a big fan of Team 17 and I was like reading into this game and, and looking at their Steam page, I hadn't worked out that it was turn-based. It's a turn-based strategy game. But... Since you were queuing up for Path of Exile and mm. you know I had some time to kill, I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a go. And after about 15 minutes, I was absolutely hooked. And I played it until one of the until girls had to come over and off, yeah. kick me off because I was on <laughs> it for too long. So I, I might be downloading that when I get back. That yeah. was a lot of fun. And uh, I think the highlight in terms of playables for me today was Total War. So I love the Total War franchise. I played when Shogun came out like... 15 years ago? Maybe 20 years? No, not sure not 20 years ago. I have no I don't clue. know, but it was like, it, it used to be in 2D, right? Um, and then I played them all the way through from Rome. Obviously when Rome 2 came out, I did uh, Empire. You know, I did my time, served my time, I should say, on Napoleon. Um, 23 years ago. 23? Oh my God, Shogun. <laughs> that, was, that game was amazing. Uh, so I was very excited that Total War was announcing Total War Pharaoh. Um, and when we, when you, so again, we queued up for about an hour. We played, what was it? Eight ball pool. Eight ball pool. <laughs> I got, I won the first game, got very cocky, and they got yeah. smashed three times. Anyway, so we got in, and it was this very cool, like, themed Egyptian sand house thing. That and it was, was all, it was solid. It wasn't just it was, cardboard. I know, it we was... did, we, yeah, I don't know. We were like, we were tire kickers at the front, weren't we? Oh, God, yeah. I tell you what, this, uh, <laughs> this building is solid. So we got in and there was there was eight eight PCs and you kind of load straight into a battle. So we didn't get to see in the campaign play, but straight into the battle. Now, the battle mechanics were were better. There was some like, like new nuances um, that, that hadn't been in previous games. That I really, really liked some new symbols about like how distressed a particular... Anyway, I won't go too much into it. This is a sim racing podcast, but <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Um, but the graphics were a bit... Yeah. yeah. But it's meant to be coming out quite... I think it's October. So I was a bit disappointed in the graphics. I'm fairly sure if you bring your game to Gamescom, you're bringing like, you know, yeah. 4080s yeah. and you're turning those graphics up to max. If those were max graphics, that might put me off. Yeah, I zoomed in a bit and I couldn't really tell much. It was a bit pixelated. But yeah. Maybe it was something to do with the I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, it was getting hot in that room. We'll give them the benefit of a doubt. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be watching some YouTube gameplay when yeah. that game comes out. Um, and then, obviously, we're going to end the podcast with uh, a game that we didn't play, but we saw. And it's one of our all-time favorite games. Uh, it's called Golf With Your Friends. Golf With Your Friends. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when we yeah. turned around and we saw those, that like little activation with the four PCs. Like uh, doing the, the the golf with your friends, uh, they, I can't believe that we we play that in the office at lunchtime all the time. Yeah, like absolutely it's... nuts. And it was there, <laughs> but it's like I thought it was made by like a bloke in his garage. Like it's a very basic game, and they were there at yeah. Gamescom. Yeah, I think I think Team Seventeen took them in as a publisher, so I oh, think that's why okay. they have it. I'm yeah, not 100 yeah, yeah, sure yeah. on that, but interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the new DLCs that are going to come out there. Yeah. Okay, so that was it. That was uh, Gamescom 2023 and our take on the sim racing footprint here. Thanks for listening along and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. 
So there you go. We are done, spent, absolutely exhausted. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely great day. If you've never been to Gamescom, sim racing fanatic or not, definitely, definitely go. It is an experience. 300,000 people in an expo hall who all love gaming. Um, from cosplay to sim racers to FPS to RPGs, it was it was a real experience. I absolutely loved it and I'll definitely be going back. But now, I'm going to bed. So thank you as always to our brand new and very lovely sponsors, Aztec Sim Sports, and we will see you all next week. Bye.